Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. What's up, everybody? Entangled in the interwebs. Hey, uh, hey, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, it's the wrong, wrong show. Wrong podcast. Oh, wrong, my wrong bad. Podcast. My bad. I'll sit back. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Damn it, guys. <laughs> All right, here we go. Recording live from Jake's Sports and Spirits in the historic Rhino District of Denver, Colorado, it's the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. Now, here is your host, Adam Mates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. I am your host, Adam Mates, and I'm joined by two fine young gentlemen. In the prime of their lives, <laughs> sitting across from me is Nate. <laughs> sitting across from me is Nate Timmons. I am here. Yes, I'm uh, easy easy to forget. I guess <laughs> this is off the rails already. Seated to my right is the King of Thornton, Jeff Morton. Hey. <laughs> Jeff never has a good intro. It's terrible. Hey, I have had what's up, everybody, for two years now. I just kind of like changing it up a little for the new pod, the Adams podcast. This is a new Jeff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel honored to be here because you just recorded one with Wilson Chandler, and now you're schlepping it with us. <laughs> he was the warm up for this podcast. <laughs> the warm up. No, well, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a more of a sidestep. Yeah, more of a sidestep there. Yeah. Um, so. There is that podcast with Wilson Chandler. If you didn't check it out, definitely go, uh, you know, definitely don't miss that one. It was a cool 15 to 20 minute interview with Wilson. He talked about some cool stuff about George Carl, talked about rehabbing, talked about catching a big fish. So catch that one out. We're also at Jake's Sports and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street, Denver, Colorado, which is going to be home of Stiff's Night Out on Wednesday. A big party, Denver Nuggets watch party. If you've never been, come check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, Who are they playing? I don't know who they're, no, they're playing the Pelicans. It's the season opener. I'm guessing there'll be 50 to 150 Nuggets fans here. Yeah. So I never can predict how many people. But we will have 40 free T-shirts to give away. So you're going to want to check that yeah. out. You guys had some dope ones last year. The black with the gold. It's yes, the same. Same ones. Same ones. Oh, nice. we got it. I actually did not end up with a T-shirt last year. So I'm very disappointed by this. So I may actually take one of these free T-shirts for myself. <laughs> um, also, uh, the, I guess the appropriate question right now is, are you a Pelican or a Pelicant? <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> let's, just, let's just fast forward right into this here. <laughs> We're doing a roundtable-style podcast today. It's going to be uh, 
hitting on like 30 different... I didn't count. I should have probably counted the amount of questions I have. we got a bunch of rapid-fire questions to preview the Nugget season. should be fun. So the first one... Is this uh, where we tell Jeff not to be too long-winded, not to just take pauses? <laughs> yeah. try, try to keep it to less than 30 I, minutes I, per question. I, I, I will tell you right now that's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, let's start out, though, with uh, Nuggets player you're most excited to watch this season. I'll start with you, Nate. Jamal Murray, man. Really? Oh, yes. I've been waiting for this guy to be a Nugget since I think you sent the original highlight from... I don't know who Kentucky played early in the season, like Kentucky Westland or something. He had a huge game, and I've been on his bandwagon ever since. So to see him in a Nuggets uniform and to see him play for this team, even if it's only 10 minutes, I don't care what it is. I'm excited about the other guys, but I'm going with Jamal Murray. What, how many minutes is he going to play this year? Would you guess? What's average for a rookie? 1,000? I don't know. No, I mean per game. <laughs> per that game? doesn't need you to do the math. I'm hoping he plays like you know 15 to 25, depending on Ooh. how he's going. You know? A lot. Well, Nate took my answer, so what Jamal, he said. Jamal Murray. <laughs> Jamal Murray. I figured you'd be Nurkic. Oh, no. Murray. <laughs> Murray, I've been on the Murray thing since I've been telling people about Murray. you to got to watch him. I think he's the guy that you need to be excited about. Forget the Jerkic lineup. I mean, it's... <laughs> Jamal gotta, have it all, baby. You gotta, gotta, he's the guy that if the Nuggets are going to look exciting and take that kind of national step, it's going to be him. I don't know that he's going to play a ton of minutes this year, so for me, it's a little. I'm a little bit less excited about him, just because I don't know how much he's going to play. But I would say Wilson Chandler, and not just because he was on the podcast two days ago. Say there's some inherent bias here. <laughs> <laughs> You're still my favorite player. Yeah, exactly. Stay away from him. Surrounded by two people who love Wilson. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I just think he, as Malone says, he unlocks a lot of lineup combinations. I've been talking about how I think he's going to be a. I think he's a player that's better when he's on a smart team and sadly the Nuggets haven't had a smart team for years yeah. last year I think they had a pretty smart team but he was hurt so I'm excited for him um what about this one I'll start with you Jeff what Nuggets lineup are you most excited about oh lineup Jesus um <laughs> well I that's are you talking whatever lineup you want man. starting lineup or are you just talking just lineup combination yeah like a lineup combination Oh man! Um, like a group of guys you're especially interested in. Uh, I'm gonna go with Moutier, uh, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, um, Fareed, and Jokic. A big lineup, an oversized. That's kind of an old school uh, 57 win type yeah. Of lineup. Yeah, that's that's what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I had to run away for it. The a guy second. left his own podcast. <laughs> you guys talk amongst yourselves. So who did you go with? Her? <laughs> Let's just rehash that. Okay. We'll go we'll backtrack. I said Moutier, uh, Wilson Chandler, Gallo, uh, Fareed, and Jokic. Ah, the old lineup. Yeah. Old men. Uh, I'd go... Let's say Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Ooh. Gallo, Chandler, and Jokic. So the, the common thread here is that we both want to see, or we all want to see Gallo and Chandler together. Yes. Because that's the most fun. I'm mm-hmm. surprised to hear, hear you give a relatively small ball lineup. I guess Fareed in there makes it a little bit bigger. Well, that was the 57-win lineup. Well, yeah, basically, that's true. except for Moutier um, yeah. there. Uh, that's Gallo the, and Fareed just have great chemistry. Yeah. You know? And they have for years. I mean, it'll be the open up. It'll be the kind of like the lineup that 
you can play at like midway through yeah. the first and second quarters, and then you can play it at the end of games. Yeah. And those are the kind of the, what I call the separation lineups. I think Jokic is just phenomenal at hitting cutters, and I think Moutier is phenomenal when he has spacing. So my lineup is Moutier and Jokic with Gary Harris, Wilson Chandler, and Danilo Gallinari. So you got three shooters out there, four if you count. If you count Jokic, and then you just have your best cutters. Your two best, you're actually your three best cutters on the team are probably Gary Harris, Wilson Chandler, and Emmanuel Mudiay. So I just think you have some cool lineups there. That'll be the one I'm I'm most excited for. Well, there's a lot of cut variables. I mean, you could you could have uh, any lineup combination out there, and it's going to be produce a different result. The yeah. Nuggets have a lot of depth, so I forgot That's, about Mudiay playing off ball in those like back cuts he had last year. You know, yeah. he, was, he got pretty good at that. Yeah. yeah, and you could maybe swap swap out Gary Harris with Jamal Murray or Will Barton because I think all three of those guys bring a different dynamic to that lineup. Um, is there a Nuggets game you're most excited about? I want to see the Nuggets Timberwolves because I think that that's going to you know carry the division. I mean, the Blazers might be there too, but. You mean nuggets, going forward, like for yeah, years? Nuggets, yeah, Nuggets-Wolves, it's going to be like, that could be the two teams, like it's been, how it was kind of Denver and Oklahoma City for a while, or, yeah. you know, I, I, I You like got a Jokic-Towns, I don't know if that's a rivalry, but it could be. Could be, yeah. Chris Dunn seems to kind of have, like, something with Moutier. Oh, yeah, there he could was, be some matchups there. He was talking about watching Moutier, and like, well, if he's going to, if he can make it, I know I can, and this and that, so it's just, there might be something there. That's a good one. That's just going to sound weird in the context of where the teams are at right now. But honestly, based on what I saw in the preseason, I kind of kind of really want to see that uh, Nuggets-Lakers with oh, the yeah. uh, Moutier and uh, um, D'Angelo Russell going at it because I, I, I can see a competition there that's really interesting to watch. And that dynamic followed from last year when Moutier um, really kind of had the best of it. Um, but you could tell D'Angelo Russell was like, I, I'm taking this back. I kind of really want to see that. I mean, that side of the, you know, whatever machinations there are between the two teams. But, I mean, really, it, it's that kind of thing that I'm actually really looking forward to. It's interesting that Moody and Russell have developed this sort of rivalry that, like, it, are they the best rivalry of that draft class? Because nobody really talks about, like, Chris Stapps and Towns or, you know, there's no, there's no other really, I guess, Stanimal. And Justice Winslow were kind of maybe paired against each other. But Moutier and D'Angelo, that could be a... And Jokic is kind of lumped in there, too, because he didn't he wasn't a rookie until last year, right? Yeah, and he wasn't... He a, wasn't in that draft class, but people lump him into... Yeah. That, he was kind of that draft class. He was in the rookie class, but not the draft class, yeah. which is weird, yeah. I'm excited for opening night, and I'm excited for the home opener. I think those two, it's not necessarily a, a, a matchup or a thing or anything, but I'm just excited to see this team, especially the home opener when I think they're going to be healthy, because... We talked about Darrell Arthur might be a go, Gary Harris might be a go, but those guys will almost certainly be a go for Saturday's game, and I just want to see this team. We haven't seen Wilson and Gallo and all these guys together. It's just going to be fun, so that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to. I want to see Saturday, too, because of the rainbow skylines. Oh, yes. <laughs> How could that's we forget that? Sick. Yeah. Ah. Really looking forward to that. That's more for the retiring Matumbo's jersey and the uniforms. Is Matumbo coming on the CSG pod this week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he might You're be. Have to see. I, 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 think guys, I think you need to invite him on and just see what he has to say. It's a big week for him. I heard he loves gold. Yes. <laughs> Diamonds. Uh, what will be the team's biggest strength? <laughs> Jeff says I Nate. He, I think it's going to be passing. 
Ooh. Honestly, I mean, if, if the you know, trotters. I know our, our colleague, our friend, Harrison Wind, had written a piece recently with Danilo about buying into this team-oriented ball. Yeah. Uh, Jokic, obviously capable passer. I think Nurkic is a very capable passer, although he likes to score. You know, Moutier, all these guys are, are very capable of sharing the ball, and I think that's there's seems like there might be more of an emphasis on that this year. And they have the guys to do it, so I think that could be a strength of this team. Um, and, you know, they may not want to shoot it because I don't know how many guys are going to make shots. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just hot potato. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Jeff? No. Um, yeah, I, okay. Re, just repeat the question. <laughs> Sorry. It's a really simple one. What is the Nuggets' biggest strength? Okay. Um, well, it's an interesting idea that Harrison came up with on the Gallo. Um, I the biggest strength is actually going to be their depth. I mean, that's kind yeah. of a lazy no, it's not thing, but their depth is actually really impressive. Um, the different lineup combinations, the different ways they can play, um, and their versatility is really going to help them out. I, it's definitely for me their depth. That's going to be Malone's biggest challenge this year is because you're right. They have a lineup for every situation. It's going to be how well does Malone have a pulse on the team to know when to go to which lineup and when to avoid the lineups that's not working. So it wasn't really his strong point last season. He didn't have a lot to work with, though. This year he has a lot more to work with, I feel. But I I thought there was three strengths for the team, passing, depth, and the other one was rebounding. I think there's a chance they'll be the best rebounding team in the entire NBA this year. Um, that's a good, almost that's certainly good. top five. So especially if you get those offensive rebounds, right? I mean, yeah. we saw for years with the if the Nuggets roll with this big lineup, like we, I, me and Jeff will compare it to Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum, just yeah. just for the height. And I remember those Lakers teams used to kill Denver because they created so many extra possessions. So and I think Gallo is like really good at three pointers and transitions and on offensive rebounds for whatever reason. I think that's like that's when he's at his best. So. Uh, what about weaknesses? I'll start with you, Jeff. What's the team's biggest weakness? Biggest weakness? Um, shooting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, 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 honestly, it, it didn't. Unless uh, Jamal Murray just proves to be that excellent, and if uh, uh, Beasley has, uh, you know, showed out, honestly, they really haven't addressed actual shooting issues. So I, I think that'll be definitely, do you, definitely there. Do you think Gary Harris is going to have a better shooting year than last year? I don't think. I don't think Gary Harris himself will be enough to, to lift it. Okay. I, I just, it's going to take a, a more of a team thing. And I think Harris, yeah, will improve. But, I mean, you saw that game. with it, Oklahoma was it, City. Like, Oklahoma City game. God, it was terrible. They, they had <laughs> wide open shots. I mean, over, everyone over. missed. Everyone missed wide open shots. Yeah, and so and the coaches will say it's a make or miss league, and, and whatever you know, it's that's a cliche. It was a make or miss, 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 yes. miss, miss, miss. And this was, that was definitely a miss every shot you take because the offense was producing yep wide open shots, and they weren't hitting them, and that that is what still concerns me going into the season. I would go with. Uh... I thought they had good mental toughness last season, and it seemed like they were competitive in a lot of games, and some of that's due to the fact that teams may not have taken them real seriously, so they might have that same opportunity this year to sneak up on teams. But And I know that close games are 50-50 anyway based off statistics, but fourth quarter and tight games, I'm, I'm curious to see how this team makes winning plays um, when it counts. That's a good one. You know, and if, if, if that can become a strength, I, I think that's where they might be weak because, like you said, Malone's got to figure out you know, is he going to ride hot hands? Is he going to go with a certain closing lineup? And, and I'm interested to see how that 
that part goes. I'll, experience, I guess. I wonder if they're going to have a go-to closing lineup or if it'll be more situational. Because they did do, a lot of situational last year, it felt like. Yeah. And this yeah. year, it feels like it'll be even more because sometimes you'll go with the two bigs. Sometimes you'll go with Nurkic. I mean, I don't, it's going to be a weird... And, and whenever they lose a close game, I'm sure we're all going to write articles about how Malone chose the wrong combo. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the travails of being a coach, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why he gets paid a lot of money. Yeah. Tim Conley spoke about that on that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski podcast about how media will pick apart, you know, oh, he didn't play this guy right, so we lost that game. Like, there's, yeah. there's so much now because the NBA is covered so widely that we nitpick yeah. every little thing. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So Jeff went with three-point offense. I'm going to go three-point defense. I think both Ugh. of those get together. It's a little – got to say, I'm very high on this Nuggets team. I love them. But the preseason, the stats at least, look exactly like last year. They give up a lot of threes, and they give up a high percentage. Is that the most maddening thing of all time, watching the team shoot wide-open threes when you know that's what the yeah. offense is designed to do? Yeah, I think that's a pretty maddening thing, <laughs> especially just here. And I think Malone, by the way, you were at practice the other day. Like, he, he – it's wearing him thin, too. I think it's a combination of him being like, why is this happening, and frustration with guys just not executing what he wants. So that's a that's a big concern. Well, if we're going to nitpick, maybe I, maybe I, some adjustments need to be made there. I've never understood, like, <laughs> I, I never understand, like, why the guy that's guarding in the corner will get sucked in when a guy drives, like, down the right side of the lane. I don't know? think that it's will like, happen as much this year. You don't? God, no, because that's, like, a huge point of emphasis, I think, is having those guys stay home in the corner. So that... Please, please make that be true. Well, it was funny. In my article I did about the the drop pick-and-roll coverage, Malone had a quote in there, and he's like, yeah, the Lakers went 14 for 28 from three, which is a ton of attempts and a ton of makes. He's like, but they didn't get any on kickouts. <laughs> I was thinking... Well, yeah, but they still got 14 out of 28. <laughs> well, uh, Malone... Uh, Let's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Malone Baby steps. Has, this, has this category, uh, what's it called, paint threes. Right. And those are the ones that are kickouts from the paint. Um, and I think those are the ones that upset him the most. Yes. Me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Coach Malone and Coach Timmons Coach both. Who's a screaming from the press box. <laughs> Couldn't hear me. I've <laughs> been out loud. Cover um, the corners, for the, God's sakes. The that is that's, and I think that's what you you could see. I think some of the rollout threes the, from the um, from the top uh, that you could just get the pass that goes to the corner. I, the, all offenses are designed to get your corner free threes right now, so I am less concerned about that. But the, the ones that where they are penetrating and then kicking out, I think that's the Nuggets big issue because that, that that points to some interior defense as well as perimeter defense and you're just collapsing too far. So that is one. Specifically, if we're going to go specific, that's the one that I think is the most concerned. Yeah. I'll take a break real quick and tell you about Wash Club Denver, our sponsor. They are a local uh, laundry service company that offers on-demand pickup and delivery of your laundry. Here's how it works. You go to washclubdenver.com or download the Wash Club Denver app. You fill out your order right there, and you enter the promo code STIFFS, S-T-I-F-F-S. You get 25% off your order. They'll come to your house, pick up your laundry from your porch, take it to their facility, wash it, return it to your porch, and it's right there for you all within 24 hours. Never have to do laundry again. Phenomenal service. I know everybody, Denver Stiffs fans, are going to want that. So check it out. Use the Stiffs promo code. Again, washclubdenver.com or the Wash Club Denver app. Let's move on to some odds and percentages here. Um... Odds that Jamal Murray wins Rookie of the Year. Oof, Jesus. Um, 5%. Oh, jeez, that seems really low. I'm thinking, like, 
Uh, who's the top pick? Ben Simmons? Is he going to be he's, healthy? No, no he's, he's out. He's, he's out, out for the out. entire the whole year. year. So he's out. He was the shoo-in. There's right? really no, yeah, there's really no, like, Brandon real Ingram's front. not going to play a ton, I don't and think. And he might struggle. I mean, he might be the front runner, I suppose. Joel Embiid's only playing 20 minutes a game, so. Is he up? He can't. Come on. He's so good. Like, he's, no, but he can't, like, he's not eligible. He's oh, been no, he, like 10 years. <laughs> he is eligible because he has yeah. not played a single second. Um, I, I think Chris Dunn's got to be up there, too. I mean, he's he looked pretty fierce from what I've seen of yeah, him. Yeah, I'd say Chris Dunn is a very likely candidate. Jamal Murray, I'll give him uh, 35%. Ooh, so I'm going low because I don't know how much he's going to play. Yeah, you know it's kind of like Jokic last year. I think he was hurt by the fact that Jokic at the beginning of the year he didn't play much. And, right. And, yep. And it was only like midway through the season he even got in the starting lineup. So one of the maddening things about how the NBA is covered on Twitter and, and blogs is whatever happens in the first month of the season sticks all year yep. long. Yes. And Jamal Murray might be a guy that plays well from December through March, but I think November he's like you said, it's he's gonna work look, into the rotation. Look at Chris Tapp's Porzingis last year. Yeah, he had what two he good had, months. Tapp. He had two one and a half good Porzingis. months. <laughs> that that two two I mean maybe a month and a half where he was really good. And then a mediocre rest of the year, and it just he he lived on that first impression. So. Celtics kid gonna play? Jalen Brown. Oh, Jalen Brown. He'll play a lot. He's up there. Yeah, he'll get. Well, actually, he'll they have a deep the, team too, so maybe he won't play. He'll so get much. the Celtics hype. Oh God, you're right. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give 15, percent which maybe even right a little. Middle. Yeah, I'm gonna split the difference <laughs> just to be safe. No, for all the reasons you said, and him being here in Denver, I just you know, Denver can't win too many rewar- awards because it's Denver. Yeah, and, and the world would collapse on it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard to imagine the rookie of the year being a guy that comes off the bench too. Like if somebody starts and plays big minutes, I think they'll be favored. Scenarios because there's no superstars. At least it doesn't appear there's no like first year superstar guys that are gonna dominate the box score. I think if Moutier got hurt and say he misses a month and a half and Jamal Murray is starting, even if he's just average, his numbers will be good. And, you know, I think so. There's there's situations where he can become a front runner. But uh, what about odds that Nurkic wins most improved player? I think those are fairly high. I would, I would say probably about 55%. Woo! Better, than, better odds that he does than that he doesn't. Yeah. That's a weird one because he was good his rookie year. He was hurt last year, so I don't know how they would see him as improved. I'd go. Uh, I'm gonna go zero percent. <laughs> I think he has no chance at that award. That's crazy because I think this is the highest chance of any award for the Nuggets by a mile. Here's here's the thing. Most improved player, it's always weird when it's a second-year player because everyone gets better with their second year. So he has the built-in advantage of this being his third year, right. and so there's that whole part of it. And then his advanced stats actually weren't that different first year to second year. You know, he got more minutes and he played, you know, th- longer throughout the year. But I think his numbers were going to be his, – his counting stats are going to be really, really phenomenal this year. I think he's going to be a major part of the rotation. And by the end of the year, we're, everybody's going to be talking about him as a big part of the Nuggets' future. So I think – I think he's in a prime candidate to, to make that jump. Other people are saying people like D'Angelo Russell or Devin Booker, but those are second-year guys that were good last year. Just nobody watched them because their teams were terrible. I was just saying, uh, Devin Booker was phenomenal last year. That would be really hard. For, for me, it's always hard to go with the rookie yeah. thing because it's hard to judge. I think you've got either the, the second-year sophomore slump or you have the superstars that take off. Yeah. You know, And it's really hard. I think most improved player has to go with – a guy who is in his third year or fourth year, you know, one of those guys that had a bad year, but yeah, man, then made just adjusted and, and came up. If you're 
I mean, if you were just going off of a leap in stats, Gary Harris should have won last year because he had this a terrible freshman yeah. rookie season, true. and he was awesome last year. So may, may, Harris might have better odds than Nurkic. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Timmons is all over the board. He's, I think Nurkic has a good chance. If I had to put odds on it, did you put odds? He said fifty-five. You said zero. zero. I'm going to go with thirty, which is I think pretty high. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say thirty-three. 33.3. Oh <laughs> rock of all. <laughs> all right, what percentage would you give Barton to win sixth man of the year? He was close last year for like four months. They kind of fell off. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think now, too, if you have Chandler back, you know, he might have better odds than Barton. So Barton, I'll say he's got a, I'll go 20%. I think he's going to be in the conversation again. He's obviously an electric scorer when he, when he can be. Yeah. If he gets the minutes, I think he's got a good shot. Is Jamal Crawford still in the league? Yes, he is. <laughs> the perennial. I think, I think but by default it goes to Jamal Crawford, so I'm going to say 0%. <laughs> Six man of the year is the dumbest award because they always just give it to the guy who scores the most points. And this right. is why it's not going to be Wilson Chandler. This is why Will Barton has a better chance than Wilson Chandler. Will Barton might be the second highest scorer on the Nuggets this year. True. As a six man. Yeah. So th- there's a chance, and, and you know, if the Nuggets are doing well, I mean, all of these awards kind of hinge on the Nuggets actually being somewhat good and relevant. Because if they win 32 games, nobody's given an award. That's true. But if they're close to 40, then a guy like Barton can, I think, can still. The Nuggets could win the least improved team award if they win. That's <laughs> true. Oh, I don't want that award. I'll, I'll say 20%. What are the odds that Coach Malone sticks with the Yurkic lineup all season long as the starting lineup? I'm saying fairly high. I'd go with 60%. That's not high. (laughs) That's almost a 50% chance he doesn't stick with it and goes. But it's still a 40. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 60%. It's only 40%. (laughs) I think Malone's kind of a creature of habit, so I think that Mm -hmm. he'll probably stick with it. I'd say 85%. I was going to say 90%. Because same thing, I think it's going to be good enough for him to not have an excuse not to. And, and I also feel like Fareed, if he comes off the bench, or Darrell Arthur, they're going to be so good off the bench, you yeah. don't want to screw with that rotation either. Yeah, yeah. so I'll go 90%. Um, what are the odds that somebody on the team is traded before the deadline? All right. You mean, like, does that count all the way up until deadline day? Yes, at any point to the deadline. Well, you could say before the deadline, which would indicate they're not forced to make a move. But a, a trade deadline deal, I'd say is 100%. So between now and the trade deadline, a 100% chance somebody gets traded, including the trade deadline. I'm going with 100%. Wow. Um, I'm going with 50% Ooh. because there's always a good chance that there will be a lot of talk that they will do something and they won't, uh, which has been the pattern. Um, it takes two. always takes two sides to make a deal? And yes. And <laughs> my I, We're very uh, aggressive on the phones. Yeah. I will, I will got say... got a lot of calls. A lot of guys are interested in our players. I will say league-wide, trade deadline deals are dramatically down. But this may be a year where with if the CBA kind of lessens the advantage of having a draft pick and that the kind of the, they adjust the rookie scale, you could probably see more traded players than after that. But I said, like, like the last, what, four years, the trade deadline's been crap. So if the Warriors are like fifty and two at the trade deadline, <laughs> every team just say, "Fuck it, we're, we're not trading anybody." We'll just start moving pieces around. <laughs> yeah. uh, I say, I say it's like sixty-five percent. 
and I think I think the Nuggets are itching to make a move. They I don't made think a move though, right? They traded Joffrey. So I've already won this <laughs> well, game. Yeah. <laughs> I said between now. That's in the, that's in uh, the past. Okay. Right. <laughs> Clock reset, Timmons. Uh, and I think, I don't know that Fareed will be dealt, but I do think a guy like Jameer Nelson. Um, Please. You know, there's always a chance something like that happens. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. And then, you know what, maybe the Nuggets are just that throw-in piece and they trade away Choo-Choo. The guy that they've ever that you get, yeah, he just gets traded. Like <laughs> training every year. Every is that Turkey like, Maz? Is that Turkey Maz? Yes, I saw him play in summer league. He's a real person. He gets traded every year at the deadline. You know, Choo Choo's traded again. Never played a second in the NBA. I wonder what those guys think when they get like Peter Cornelly gets traded. If he's like, oh, I'll never play in the NBA anyway. I still remember at summer league one year, Choo Choo was really excited to play against uh, Bismack Biombo because they have this rivalry dating back to when oh, they were like, young teenagers. You know, oh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Choo Choo played one minute in the game oh. right? against Biombo. I was kind of sad for him. Like, oh. We missed out on the fabled uh, Matabum and uh, Biombo <laughs> clash. Yes. What about this one? What are the odds that a Nuggets player makes the All Star game? Oh, shit. Thirty percent. What? That's so high. That's like really, really high. Who would it be? Gallup. But look at the power forwards or small. I guess small forward is your hope. He's the one who's got the best chance. Durant's making it for sure. Yeah, Kevin Durant's definitely making it. But they they don't have positions, right? Oh, you're right. They just have forward. But that means like Blake Griffin and Anthony Davis are also. I can I can if Gallo has a year like he did last year, some coach will choose him. He'll make the team. All right. I'm going to go high with Gallo. I'll go 8% to match his jersey. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm counting that as a high 8%. Because yeah. like you said, Adam, we know one spot's gone with Durant. Uh, if Gallo's healthy and if the team is playing well to start the year, which I think they could, I think Gallo's got a shot. If he's putting up numbers like last season, I don't know if he will, though, if this whole team-oriented thing is, is going to stick. But if he's efficient, if he's putting up numbers, if he's a leading scorer, I think Gallo's got a shot. 86 points on 34 shots in the preseason. I gotta think that's really, really high, and he'll regress a ton. But he, there's a lot of room to regress and still be great. Yeah, right. So I mean, he's. Uh, this is the the strangest thing about Gallo this year is the the amount of shots. I always complain that Gallo never shot enough. I mean, that was my biggest complaint. So he never shoots the ball, and now he's shooting less. <laughs> he's shooting less and scoring just as many points. It's infuriatingly weird. But it's it's good because he's doing it in the offense. Now that could be get obscured in, unless the Nuggets are good. So a lot of this depends, obviously, on if the Nuggets are relevant. I th- I'm going to go 3%, and that's probably 1.5% for Gallo, 1.5% for Jokic. And the only reason Jokic is in there is because he's kind of become a hipster favorite because of the advanced metrics. And I think there's just better chance for a big guy to get in there. Towns will probably get in. Boogie will probably get in. Draymond. Yeah, I guess they don't do the center thing. That's the part that makes this so difficult. 3% seems high. Maybe 1.5%. <laughs> do you have Jokic questions in there? I don't. At some point? Okay. Oh, I, oh, kind of. Uh, uh, I just wanted to say with him, I, I would agree with you with Jokic. If the Nuggets weren't trying to feature Nurkic so much, it feels right. like. Yeah. I feel like they're missing something there by not running the offense through Jokic. And I think that might take a couple years to figure out. It might take half a season. But, damn, they're, they were good when they ran things through him last year. Their two season. best games Far and away of the preseason were at both the home games against Golden State and Dallas, and in both of those games, Jokic played heavy minutes alone, and Nurkic played heavy minutes alone, and they played a lot, not a lot, but they played smart minutes together. They started, and they had a few moments sprinkled in. 
to me, that's the way to go. Tomorrow night, or rather Wednesday night, will be so interesting because that'll be kind of the first real test. If he has a full roster, how many minutes does Jokic get alone with a small ball lineup? Because I think they'll crush it with it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to a new section here. Fun stuff. We're done with odds and percentages. Who will have the highest scoring game this season? Nuggets players. Nuggets players. Highest scoring game? Yeah, the individual scoring game. God. And what will it be? It's so easy to go with Gallinari because he has the potential to score over 40, right? But uh, a guy like Will Barton maybe does as well. I'm going to say Chandler gets hot. I'm going to go with my boy Wilson. Whoa! He's going to score. I'm going to give him a... 42-point game against somebody. I'm pretty sure that'd be a career high. <laughs> I, think, I think 35 is his high against Chicago a few years ago. Yeah. He was running right threes right? yeah. in, Chicago pretty, oh, in Chicago against Nate Robinson's oh, goals. Right. Yeah. He's been pretty efficient this, this preseason. Mm. I don't know. It'd be lazy to say Gallo. <laughs> you guys can give the obvious answer. Because, yeah. If you yeah. don't, I will. So, <laughs> Probably, I, I would say Gallo because he's the only one on the roster who's scored over 40. No. So, I... By default, I'll say Gallo. This is, the offense really isn't running that way, though, but I, uh, the chances, I would say Gallo. I'm going to say Will Barton just to be different. I think Gallo's probably the answer, but Will Barton is the guy that has a chance. And then a very, very, very dark horse candidate is Jamal Murray because what's his best skill? Three points. Three-point Three shooting and scoring. And yep. of all guys, he hasn't shot the ball particularly well since the first two preseason games, but... You could just see that guy hitting three threes to begin, and Malone saying, "You know, just just run it, just see what happens." And yeah. and he's the kind of guy. If you told me he had a game where he made ten three pointers, I'd say, "Yep, sounds about right." <laughs> the dude can get hot. So um, we have Balkan Buddy Ball, which is a real pain in the ass to say and to type when you're writing articles, and you have to type it six times. <laughs> so we need a better, a better, shorter version of that. Okay. We have any suggestions? Okay, listen. I, I, will, I, will, I will. My default is always the. And by the way, it's Jerkic, not Jerkic. It's Jerkic. Uh, it's Jerkic. It originated on CSG. It's, it's, but it's Jokic. No, it's it's. <laughs> it's okay. It all emanates from Sandy Cloak mispronouncing Nikola Jokic's name. That is oh. where it started. It has to be Jerkic. <laughs> but anyway, semantics. I, that's my default. Because Jerkic. Because everyone recognizes what it is. Yeah, I, 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 I so mean, as fun as Balkan short... Buddy Ball is, Jurkic, we have to go back. Uh, yes, Jurkic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good one for that. I kind of like the the Balkan Towers was cool. The Balkan Towers. The Balkan Towers. <laughs> That's still kind of long too. Balkan. I just had a dumb one. It was you have Balkan. They're also bulky. And then, if you remember the TV show Perfect, Perfect Strangers from Belki, who may have been from Serbia, I don't remember. So I think we just have Balki, Balki, Belki, whichever pronunciation you want. Oh, this is terrible. Let's move on. Oh, my God. You're going to use... be remind me of Perfect Strangers. This is the worst show ever. Oh, it was so good. So bad. Xenophobic. It's a terrible show. Uh, who is the Nuggets villain? We're gonna shoot. Yeah, we're gonna shoehorn. Yeah, we're gonna shoehorn the villain on the rush. Not necessarily like he kills the chemistry, but just like he's the villain. It's Nurkic. He freaking plastered LeBron James last year. He tried to showboat against Kobe. Talk trash to Demarcus Cousins. This is true. Dude's got the mentality. He wants to spit in a dude's face in Europe. It's Nurkic. If if you're going like like 
other teams looking at the Nuggets, yes. yeah, it has to be Nurkic. Yeah. A, yeah, a guy spit, or a guy pushed one of Nurkic's teammates in Europe, and Nurkic spit on the guy. This to is stand a, up for his. This is a no brainer. It's clearly Nurkic. He's yes. the most guy most likely to get a 15 game suspension for fighting yeah. this season. <laughs> but I feel like he wouldn't fight. He just tries to get you off your game. You know what I mean? It's kind of tough. I think you're giving him a credit. I'm not willing to give him. I don't, I don't think he intentionally tries to get guys off their game, but I don't think he really wants to fight. He's one of those hold me back guys. I, I don't. Think. I don't. Yeah, the closest I ever actually saw a Nurkic get into a confrontation was when he wasn't playing. When uh, the Phoenix Suns were in Denver last year, and they were celebrating on the Nuggets side of the court, and Nurkic got up off the bench. And was walking towards right. the Phoenix Suns bench, <laughs> and I think one of the, I think it was maybe Chris Fleming, leapt out and was like pushing him back, and that's the closest I've ever seen to it. So I, I, I mean, I don't know if there will ever be a fight with Nurkic. Was it Barkley that said you have to have a couple crazy guys? Yeah, and he's he's one of our crazy. guys. I, I tell I you who the crazy guys are, Jokic's brothers. Oh yeah. yeah, they're the ones they that might put a hit st- on them. Yeah, <laughs> they come out of stands and stuff. They're waiting in the parking lot with an AK. Um, <laughs> who's the Nuggets hero? Again, we're shoehorning these into the to fit a narrative. But. Hero? I kind of I'm going to go with Moutier. I think when Moutier does good stuff, it, like you saw it last year when uh, he blocked that shot by Devin Booker. You know, and Freed comes over and hugs him. Like, when he does stuff, it seems to really kind of uplift yeah. the other guys. Yeah. Because he's just such a sweet kid, or, or was. Hopefully, still is. Was was. There was. What he was like three months ago. Remember that season? Yeah. I'm going to go with Moody just because he has that. He just seems so happy go lucky. And even you see it on uh, Snapchats or yeah. Instagram, guys are. I don't know who it is. Is it Darrell Arthur that keeps calling him somebody and yeah. like, making funny videos with yeah. him? Yeah. You know what I like? I don't. What is it he keeps calling him? I forgot. I can't remember either. But you know what I like about Moutier this year? Underrated thing. He's got these very 70s soul chops going, like big giant uh, sideburns. <laughs> oh, that yeah. Just make him look like a 70s, like, <laughs> you know, B-film star or something. I like that. I would say it had to have to be Jokic because of his personality. Yeah. He's the guy that everyone likes, and he's the he's the guy that I mean uh, when um, when uh, Moutier hit his game go ahead shot against the I'll never forget this against the um, the Nets um, he was like the first one like screaming and yelling and, yeah. and like get, yeah. getting him up and uh, I think that, that everyone likes that. And I'm not talking about a good bench guy but just a guy that everyone on the team seems to enjoy, and it has to be, it really has to be Jokic. And how cool is it that, because I agree, I think it's Jokic, and, and Moody is a good good call too, I think both of those guys work, but how cool is it that we have a villain Nurkic and a hero Jokic, it's almost like you have this... The yin and yang. Yeah, the yin and yang of, uh, of, <laughs> of Balkan centers. <laughs> of, of the Belki line. The Belki line. <laughs> Perfect strangers, yes. We're extrapolating this even farther. It's going to be all you. <laughs> which, uh, which player is most likely to give Coach Malone an ulcer this season? Kenneth Marie. Ooh, it's a fair one. I just, just based on... History. <laughs> uh, I'll go with I'll go with Will Barton just because when he's good he's really good and he can do things that will frustrate a coach. Yeah. And you need him like you need to play him minutes and you know some nights he's going to be there for you and sometimes he's not. There was and this also is a good one too Nate because I was like there were some nights last year where where Barton could not hit anything 
and he just kept shooting, yeah. shooting, shooting. And he's not out there. And he just pass. destroyed the offense. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there to gun. Um, I think that's a good one. I think Moutier might be the other one because if Moutier struggles this year, Malone has a headache because he can't play Jameer 30 minutes a game. No. So you're going to have to play Moutier. And if he's struggling, there's just no other options. And that's throw Ann Murray in there. Yeah, you can throw Murray. But again, that, that he'll have an ulcer even if Murray plays well just because true. he dribbles the ball on, yeah. too. And that kind of comes back to what uh, our, our good friend at HP Basketball would say last year. When Moutier makes mistakes, it kind of brings guys like Gallo down. Oh, like, oh yes. come on, man. Like, this is easy. you got to do this. Yeah. So. Gallo doesn't hide his body language on the court very well at all. No. And so you can always tell when he's fresh, especially being at games and kind of watching, you can always tell when he's just like, God damn it, Moutier. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little concerned for Moutier in the fact that, you know, we all want to see this growth in the second year, but we have to understand that it's, like you said, it's only been three months or whatever, you yeah. know, like, it hasn't been that much time to where it's, it's going to take years for him, maybe, so. And more importantly, he's never played with two seven-footers or two centers clogging the paint, so. He's probably the tallest guy on his team for a lot of years. Yeah, so yeah. he has a lot to learn just about playing alongside those guys. It's almost like it's a new rookie season for him in some ways, because the style is so different. Well, it's, in some ways, some guys have excelled in the lineup, and some guys have definitely suffered. I don't know if how we get if we got a true sense of it because he's been injured for what yeah. three games now. So. Right, right. I wish he would. I bet him and Gary Harris both. I wish he would have had more minutes, just with the the Twin Tower but Belky lineup because. <laughs> oh god! All right, we touched on this one a little bit earlier, but uh, who is the Nuggets' biggest rival? You kind of mentioned Minnesota. Yeah, I'd still probably go. I'd still go Minnesota. Yeah. I think that just for looking down the road and looking down the road in the future of what it could be. What are the odds that one of or both Minnesota and Denver make the playoffs? So what are the odds that at least one team makes the playoffs between those two? Probably pretty good, I would think. I, I think mean, so looking, at, looking at how the West is, I don't know how Houston's going to do. I, th- I think there's a good chance that one of those teams makes the playoffs. Um, I mean, historically speaking, the Nuggets have really struggled with rivalries. Um, it's just been... <laughs> I, I don't know why. Maybe it's the location of the team, but it's, yeah. I've never really had it, an intense hatred of anyone but the Lakers. Right. But everyone hates the Lakers. Yeah. Um, Utah? I hate Utah. I just, <laughs> no, I've never hated Utah. I, I, I just I, I couldn't really – anyway, um, I'd say this year, though, probably, as you, you, you pointed out, Nate, probably the Timberwolves, just because if you remember last year, there was a game where Nurkic and Towns got into it. Really? And, and Towns was calling Nurkic trash on the way to the bench. I don't remember this. Oh, you don't? Oh, it was, yeah. It was, he got, so got under Towns' skin that he was, like, screaming at him on the way to the bench. And the Nuggets won that game. Yeah. And I'm thinking. I know the I game could now. See, I could see that blossoming into something. Outside of that, it's just like, I, I look at the rest of the Northwest Division, and I'm like, I can't hate you. So yeah. I think it probably is is Minnesota. And with Phipps there, you know, it, it's, it's going to be physical and defensive. It probably is the most. If the, uh, if the Kings were worth a shit, I mean, <laughs> it could be them because, you know, Malone obviously hates yeah. them. Uh, Boogie, if he falls yeah. in love with Jaeger, it could be this, uh, you know, he's turning his back on Malone. Ty Lawson's, did Ty Lawson make the team? Did they cut him? I think he's still I there. Think he's still I think there. he's still there. So, I mean, you got Lawson, who obviously That's probably That's a great backup like option. Aaron Aflalo's there, too. Oh, Aflalo? That's a great I one. You know what? That might be the rivalry this year, the Minnesota-more rivalry going forward. Although, there is a chance that it's the last week of the season, 
and one of Denver and Minnesota makes the playoffs, and one of them gets the 14th spot in the lottery, which really sucks. It's like the worst <laughs> place to be, yeah. and then that could be a fun. I wish they played each other down the stretch. I don't think they do. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to, to records here. Now you have to go on record oh. and make a record prediction. What will the net goods? We're going to start with the first eight games. They've got six games on the road. Their two home games are against Portland, a top five playoff team possibility. Golden State, best team ever, maybe. So they've got they've got six of their first eight on the road, and then those two home games. What's their record after eight? Four and four. Wow. I should pull this up so I can can I can show you because it was like a, a monstrous. Yeah, give me the, give me these games. They will well, beat, they, will, they will beat the Pelicans. That's their easiest game on the schedule, by the way. They will. I think they will beat Portland. Too. I think their first game on the schedule is the easiest one of the entire eight game stretch. And uh, listen, they beat the Warriors at home last year. So I mean, anything can happen. I, it's it's. And then they beat the Warriors in the, at home in the preseason too. But not that that means anything, but. I don't think the Nuggets are scared of the Warriors. They go on a long... Uh, yes, view schedule. That's what I'm here to view. <laughs> uh, they go on a long East Coast short road intermission. trip. Yeah, no, they go on a long East Coast road trip. So after that Portland game at home, they go to Toronto, Minnesota, Detroit, Boston, Memphis. All right, they swept, All playoff they, teams. They swept the Raptors last year. Except for Minnesota. That's Jamal Murray's homecoming. Yeah. I'm gonna go four and four too. I like that. Jeez, I like the optimism. You guys are nuts. I'm gonna go yeah, three they, and they, five. They swept the Raptors last year, the year, and the games weren't particularly close. Jeff is uh, they, uh, paying for past performance here. Yeah, right they. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they didn't. They they have shown zero fear of the of the of the Warriors, which is what one of the few teams in the Western. They Conference also lost by that. fifty to the Warriors. Well, they were down by fifty to the Warriors <laughs> and fought back to lose by twenty. No, they, they lost by fifty to the Warriors uh, when Shaw was here. They lost by 45. But they they almost came back to win. Well, they should have won one of them in, in Golden State, and then they beat them at home. Yeah. You know, and they should have won the other game at home, too. I four and four is optimistic. Three and five is optimistic. Two and six is... Two know, and six it sucks. Could it, it, sucks. Could happen, it, it could sucks. happen. It could happen. They have to, like... They got to beat New Orleans. I still swear, last year when wasn't the first game last year in Minnesota? Yeah. The home opener. Mm. They came in after beating the Rockets. You know what the difference is there? They were playing for Flip Saunders because Flip Saunders had just died. Oh, and that might have been Minnesota's first game. Or yeah, th- and yeah. that was Minnesota's first game. That was a really emotional game. The Nuggets were walking into a buzzsaw. And my whole thing with that was you're 1-0 in Houston. You have a chance to come home and go 2-0 and and win in front of your fans. And maybe you build yeah. not a lot of buzz but a little. They laid a turd. If they if they go, yeah, they did. They laid a turd. If they, if they can figure out how to go 4-4, four and four, you might be able to start building something here. So because the schedule five, gets easier four four, after that. Good. So if they're four and four, I mean, then they could be above five hundred. Yeah. You know, by the end of the month or something. So, um, you can yeah. see Matt Moore just like a vein coming out of his oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> what will the Nuggets? They're going one and seven. What will the Nuggets' home record be? No, they weren't very good at home last year, but they, according to GMs, have the best home court advantage. <laughs> I don't see Denver having a home court advantage because of the style they play. So I don't think that they're going to be. They were like fourth in pace in the preseason. Yeah. But, I mean, that's preseason. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think that they're going to be who they used to be at home. So I don't think they're going to have this dominant home record. I'm hoping that they're over 500 at home. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were right around 500 or so at home. 20 and 21, 20 and 1 and 20, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. I think they could win probably about 25 at home. Okay. At, 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 it's progression. Um, I have, it's 
they can only get better just by the addition of talent and, and consistency. And you know, you are granted a certain amount of wins at home when you when you play anyway. I just just based on back to backs and all this stuff. So I, I listen, I, I think twenty five is easily obtainable. Here's my thing about being optimistic about the home the about them being at home. They're playing fast, they're ten deep, and they're gonna play a ten man rotation, and I think we talked about depth being their strength. Those two combos, I think, can really help them out. And then playing – one of the things about the Belky ball is that it's a, it, they have gotten off to good starts, generally speaking. So if you can get off to a good start, bring that second unit in and just run them off the court, you can break a team's will at halftime by halftime. And, and so I'm going to say – I'm going to say 26 wins just to be the most optimistic of the group. I like it. I'm going to set what is like, what is like the price is white? Uh, what was this one? 25? Well, I'll go 26. <laughs> I'll say 23. <laughs> I'll go 23 home. I just talked you into two more wins. All right. Um, what will the Nuggets' overall record be? I, I, on, well, this is a spoiler, but on Stiffs, I picked him with 39 wins. Hmm. No, no sense in changing now. No, it's 39, 40 wins. I mean, 13 wins on the road is, you know, not – or 14 wins on the road isn't yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah, we'll pick 39 – right around 40, 39, 40 wins. If you have 23 wins at home, how many do you need on the road to hit 42? I'm going to say 42 and 40. Oh. All right, that's you not bad. Need, uh, My 19... glass is half full of bullets. Nice. You <laughs> need 19 road wins. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with 38. I started at 39 at the beginning. I think I think 38. And it's more just because a lot of teams got better. I think it's a good five-game improvement. But Didn't we'll a lot see. of teams get worse, too? Some did. Although, I mean, like Memphis, hard to peg. Dallas, hard to peg. OKC is hard to peg for me. OKC, like impossible. Who knows what they'll be. Orlando, There's a lot of teams. I think knows? OKC will be worse, but they won't be as bad as people think. Yet. Right. I, I think. I think they'll. They're. They're. They still have Westbrook. They, they still have Westbrook, and it's. It's like. It, I feel it's like not gonna, the, the dropout's not going to be bad. I feel like Houston's a team too, where you're either going to win one twenty five, one seventeen, or you're going to lose one thirty to one ten. You know. I think, I'm so high on them. So so high on, on Houston <laughs> and a regular season team, but we'll see. This one's kind of along the same lines. Where are the Nuggets going to finish in the Northwest Division? How many teams are in the Northwest? Five. Five? Probably three to four. Well, you got Portland, Houston, Oklahoma City. Houston's not in there. I'm sorry, Utah. Portland, Utah, Oklahoma City. And then you got Minnesota, Denver. Yeah, I yeah, would say fourth or fifth. Yeah, battling out with Houston. Or with, uh, Houston. Minnesota? Minnesota, Minnesota now for, for four or five. Right I'm on record saying I think Portland wins it and Utah is a close second. I think Oklahoma City's third. I think the more I think about it, I think Denver's going to beat Minnesota win-loss record at the end of the year. I just think Minnesota, they have a great coach and a great player that's really young. They've got a bunch of clunky pieces. They're not that deep. I think I think Denver is going to be fourth. And it's kind of a drag because, say the Nuggets get 40 wins this year. That's a big improvement. Seven-game improvement from one year to the next. But they're fourth in the division. It's a strong division. It's a strong yeah. division, but that's kind of a hard sell to fans. Like Westbrook tweaks an ankle for a month, and OKC can oh, be man. fifth. They can like really you can, crash and burn. You can sell a, a playoff contention to fans. Yeah. You, can't. yeah. You, can't, you can't sell your... Always out of reach. So if they if they're competitive, legitimately competitive, they could sell that. You could possibly be fourth in the Northwest and ninth in the West. Yeah. 
with how with how this uh, yeah. the conflict or how the I'm division not, is. I'm not convinced Matt Moore is going to be listening to this and screaming. I'm not convinced that uh, Memphis is going to be tremendous this year. That would be the best case scenario for the Nuggets, man. The Memphis falling out of the playoffs. And is the Nuggets? The best case scenario would be. Remember, Memphis falls out. And they've got their top five protected pick, so they get pick number six. Yeah, it would be know, the best. Five, six, seven, you know. We'll see how Portland does, too. I really like Portland. I like a lot of their pieces, but I, I can see them coming back to the pack a little bit. Everybody, here's the funny thing to me. Tibbs goes to Minnesota, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to be great. Terry Stotts and Tibbs, not that, I don't think there's a huge gap between them. Terry Stotts is one of the best coaches in the NBA, in my opinion. And you got Damian Lillard. you got a bunch of very talented guys. So for me, it's weird for me to hear everybody talk about, oh, Tibbs adds 20 wins to Minnesota, <laughs> but Portland's a fluke. And I'm like, well, they have a good, smart team with a smart coach. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I guess Stotts just isn't talked about the same way Tibbs is. Is, is this, I can't the, remember is this the Brad Stevens stuff, too? Yeah, like he, yeah people like – and that's why Boston's – Vegas has them being the second-best team in the East. Was Stotts always that highly thought of? I feel like well, he's, he's only been a coach for like four or five years. And he's kind of from the George Carl coaching tree, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. He was with him in Seattle, I think, right? So, so I, I don't know. I feel like Stotts is definitely an up-and-coming guy. I remember listening. I've talked to him a couple times. I've listened to, I believe he did a podcast with, was it Woj or somebody? And he's a very interesting coach. Very likable guy. Yeah. I think he's great. And I think they're one of the most fun teams in all the NBA to watch. Just smart. Oh, yeah. I like watching smart basketball. Like, good passing and good shooting is just, is just so enjoyable to watch. shooting around some ideas with uh, one of my best friends, his girlfriend that's from kind of the West Coast area. And she was talking about these jobs that she knows of. And she's like, what? So I'm looking for new jobs. And she's like, well, I can maybe get you, like, either – you know, Northern California, Seattle, or Portland. And I was like, ooh, Portland. I could go watch Blazers games. Like, yeah. I would you, consider Portland because the Blazers are so fun to watch. Have you been to Portland? Yeah, I have a buddy that lives up there. I was there for the first time this summer, and everybody always talked about it being like a sister city of Boulder or Denver, you know. It was way different, I thought. It was... it was Bridge City? Yeah, it was... A, it was, a, it was it's a, a spirit of the 90s. Oh, it was. It was alive <laughs> in Portland. <laughs> Where were the Nuggets rank in attendance this year? <laughs> Seventh. <laughs> I think they're in the yeah the twenty five to thirty range, probably more realistically twenty seven to thirty range. So is there a noticeable difference from last year or not really? Uh, I fucking hope so. I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, when they say difference and stuff like that, that they're 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 ways that they gauge actual attendance. Yes. Is like will fluctuate. Like he's like, well, tonight we had you know eleven thousand tickets sold. Yeah, in the yeah. Game. And then you look out and there's like. A, like 2,000 people there. Yeah, you can count just, them by hand. Yeah. It makes no sense to me that, you know, so many people that I meet are NFL fans, their favorite, like, yeah. even girls are like, oh, I really like football, and I'm like, what about basketball? No one really, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the aspect that it's the indoor sport, and most people like to be outdoors, especially in Colorado, but it just seems like with casual fans, it's been, for me, I'm such a glass half full optimist. And I'm talking about these Nuggets like they're the next great thing, you know. Right. And nobody I talk to that's casual about basketball buys it at yeah. all. So it's 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 a tough sell. But for me, this is the most exciting team that maybe they've ever had. Yeah. The most exciting young team, and I don't know how you can sell that potential to people until you actually start winning games. And maybe it'll be next year where that comes. So I don't see a huge leap this year, but it's very unfortunate because this team I think is going to be a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's all about. I remember last year when uh, they lost to Minnesota at home, and people were like, "I'm done." Right, and then, and and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" 
They did lay an egg that game, though. They, they laid an egg. They didn't do themselves any favors, but yeah. they just like looked like they were dead. They lost by 20 to a bad team. They were very tired, and that was a common theme Ooh. all last season. So ah. let's, let's hopefully they don't have Windows, that Windows Fitbit best to be real. Yes. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a noticeable difference in attendance this year. I'm sure that, like you said, the numbers... Who, they always have a funny way of adding that stuff up, but I think when we're at Pepsi Center on a Tuesday, we're going to be like, "Where the hell is everybody? How come nobody, not a single soul, is at the game again?" I think uh, weekday games are always hard. We need a I, cold winter. We need to get people indoors. Yes. <laughs> not a snowy winter, but a cold. Just one. a cold yes. one. All right, last one. I need the hottest take prediction, Nuggets prediction for the hottest. year. Your hottest fire take that. You don't even have to really believe it, but just kind of believe it. <laughs> or think maybe it's kind of sort of possible. I'll, I'll give mine first while you yeah. guys are thinking. You say Nate was looking at me and I had nothing. I, I'm going to say that Gallo and Wilson Chandler both have their best years mm. as a nugget. That's not a hot take. That's a hot take. They had great years in 2013. I think... Uh, it's hard to say what was it better or was it worse, but I think just like statistically looking, they're going to shoot some great percentages. You know, I think they're going to be good. I think they make the playoffs. Hot Wait, take. Hot take, hot take. Didn't like two takes ago you said they they were winning forty one games. Forty two. Oh, forty two. Forty two is going to get them just in. Got him in. But you, you just said you didn't have to believe it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you no have problem. to kind of believe it. You have to. I mean, I was going to say maybe win a first round game, and I was like, if they sneak in at eight, there's no chance in hell they beat the Warriors. <laughs> no, no. But I think I think they they have a very good chance of making the playoffs this year. God, and they'll do it. Damn it. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, but I don't think it'd be good for them to make the playoffs. Hot, hot take. Give us your Nurkic better than Jokic take. I know it's boiling in there. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. No. The, you like the villa, not the hero. Because that's not really a hot take. Um, <laughs> that was everybody knows take. that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'll go with Jamal Murray. will come close to winning Rookie of the Year. That's a mediocre take. <laughs> Sorry. Murray will come close. I'm not very good at hot takes. <laughs> Guys, that was a lot of fun. Any other thoughts? Loose ends? You want to add? I just like this team, man. I, I, like I said, I think it's so exciting. I think they have so many young players. and We didn't even talk about Wancho. You know? and I don't know if he's going to play. but I don't think he is. Yeah, and he may not play. He has a lot of guys behind him, but... We haven't really talked about Malik Beasley. Jeff mentioned him a little bit earlier. I think he's definitely not going to play. Yeah, but there's these guys, you know, that are sitting at the end of the bench where you're like, it might be kind of fun if Denver's down 50 to the Warriors, you know? Let me ask you you this. If the Nuggets had a D-League team and Wancho was there and and Beasley was there, would you tune in? If it's on YouTube, would you you go check out the highlights? Would you be interested at all or probably not? Yeah, if they played close to here, like if they played in Boulder or somewhere I could drive to, I might go to one game to go watch them or something. But I'd definitely watch YouTube highlights. Hell yeah. It would be Beasley the most entertaining D-League. Oh, God. So you want show nuggets to get a, a yes, D-League I team? No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, let me burst a bubble here for the for you people out here who love the D-League. It sucks. Okay, we're not talking about – here's a hot day. We're not talking about excellent basketball here. I know people deify the D-League. It is awful, almost unwatchable basketball. And it would be like a team NBA team playing a bunch of rookies and scrubs off the street. 
Would you go see that every day? Probably not. It's, if you look at it strictly as developmental, fine. Here's, here's the thing. The Nuggets suck at creating buzz for themselves, right? They suck at it. They might be the worst brand managers ever I've ever seen in my entire life at creating buzz. And what happens, Eric Green goes to the Reno Bighorns. He's not on the Nuggets anymore. He goes to the Reno Bighorns. He scores 50 points. We're tweeting about it. Like, ah, oh, he scored 50. That's nuts. It doesn't matter. We didn't watch the game, yeah. but we're talking about it. Yeah. Are we talking about Malik Beasley is in a suit for the 20th straight game? Not doing anything. <laughs> no, we're not tweeting about that. So there is a way to, I think... Yeah, nobody's gonna watch the highlight. Like, go watch the game on YouTube. They might watch the highlights, and we would post the highlights on, on stiffs. Like, if Beasley scored forty points, we would post like, "Hey, check out all 10 threes he hit." Right? But the Nuggets second created buzz. And that's a, that's a thing where I think if they had a team, we 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 would at least follow the box scores when something crazy happened. Yeah, watch. I gotta say though, yeah. last year the I want to do my thing hype yeah. video they made was, was awesome. Yeah. The best one they probably ever made. The one that they posted on Facebook, I think yesterday or maybe it's been earlier, with Alex English doing the voiceover, oh, yeah, yeah. the highlights, the music was good. Adam, you made one. The music was not very hype. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good highlights. Not not nice. <laughs> but I, th- I think the Nuggets have gotten better the last two years with these videos they've made. and yeah. I-, I like to see them now embracing the Skyline uniforms. Finally retiring Matumbo's jersey, embracing their history a little bit. They brought in Fat Lever. 49 years professional basketball, Nuggets basketball here in Denver. 49 years. 49 years. There's not very many cities that can say that. No. And you would, and if you didn't know better, you would think the city just got basketball or doesn't even have basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, you drive around town, like, even here at Jake Sports and Spirits, where Andrew Feinstein is a, a longtime season ticket holder. He's got a big mural of Von uh, Miller out there. Where's Where's the Nuggets guy? Who would you make a uh, so? Let's give Jake Feinstein some some uh, advice here. Who would you make a mural of at Jake's? Give me some Gallinari, man. Yeah, Gallin- are, are you talking about like right now historical? No, or well, it's up, it's up to you. That's your call. Gallinari models. They're saying model. they said Jeff, we need a mural of a Nuggets. You 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 pick. Of uh, I, what I would do is I would I would do David Thompson, I would do Alex English. I would uh, do Matumbo and just throw in a nugget from, like, recent times. I mean, the controversial one is, is Mello. Because he's still playing. And he's still playing. Yeah, so you can't, can't play. play. So just throw in, you know, you could throw in Gallo there. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, because as they point out, he is the model. So uh, he probably would look well on the, look good on the wall. That's the hard <laughs> thing. Like, that's a good question of who's, like, the Nuggets' most marketable player. Yeah. And I don't know if they have that I question answered yet. One. But they I also haven't Murray done much be. to build that, though. Yeah. Moutier last year, they started to. I thought the New Day, New New Day, Day Moutier, Moutier was kind yeah. of cool. And then him looking out over the city of Denver was cool. But yeah. I think Jamal Murray could be that guy. We'll see. He's you a can, big you can market uh, Wilson Chandler's tattoos. Adam, <laughs> I was surprised on that, your podcast when he was talking about how he liked cartoons. And you seemed surprised that he did, even though he has a whole leg piece of cartoons that he likes. No, it's that, I, the, the, honest to God, that in that moment, well, my thought was, reporter of, no, oh, no, my, my thought was, shit, I don't know where to go now with that. Because I don't know a single thing about, I can't even fake knowing your, about cartoons. Does your kid watch cartoons. cartoons? My one-year-old? No. No? Are you kidding? Soon, though. You no, should've, you should've, <laughs> like two more years. Maybe. You should have asked him if he was going to get uh, Trina's lips tattooed. Oh god! All right, we're, <laughs> wrap, we're wrapping this up. Thanks a bunch, guys. Thanks for showing up. Thank we'll you, Adam. S- appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. 
Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. As a busy weatherman, people rely on me for up-to-the-minute weather reporting, which means I need energy to keep me going throughout my day. Well, right now, you can get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. Well, in that case, the forecast calls for rain, sun, partly cloudy, high-low, scattered, isolated, umbrella jacket, flip-flops with 100% chance of look it up on the Internet. I've got sandwiches to eat. Humidity, dew point. Get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.